0: You're supposed to say hello. Oh, hello. (laughs) Welcome to the Circle of Dads, the space for sharing stories about the struggles and triumphs of fatherhood and learning to become better men. Welcome to the Circle of Dads podcast. I'm Ron and I'm your host and tonight... I have the most special guest, my partner, my queen, my best friend, and today we are celebrating the 10-year anniversary of our first date. Mm-hmm. Of the day...
1: <laughs> my life changed forever. <laughs> that I fixed you. <laughs> yes. The day of our first date. And
0: it wasn't, it was... We were early, right?
1: We were. We were. We were impatient. We had a date set for the following week, like four days later, and we ran into each other that night. We're like, well, you want to go to Starbucks, and we closed the place down. Got crazy. Got crazy. Flashed the lights at us. Mm-hmm. Uh, we went out in the lobby. They made us get out of the lobby.
0: Sat out front.
1: Mm-hmm. They told us to get off the tables.
0: Uh, like, okay,
1: fine. We'll go home.
0: the guy in the golf cart came and kicked us out, right?
1: Yeah. It was a successful first date.
0: Yep. <clears throat> One of many. Not first dates.
1: One of many dates.
0: One of many dates. Yeah. You didn't hit anything that date. You didn't walk into any walls.
1: No. Didn't,
0: no. Didn't fall down.
1: No, nope, Not that time.
0: That was the second. That was
1: the real official date. Like the first date where you came and picked me up and... Um, you took me to Sushi Axiom, and I walked right into a glass wall, face burst.
0: Right in front of the hostess. Mm-hmm. The yeah. look on his face <laughs> was priceless.
1: And you didn't even bat an eye. Did you pretended like you didn't see. Because
0: I'm a fucking gentleman.
1: <laughs>
0: I got to play real cool with this one. Man. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. So, Marty, mm-hmm. thank you for recording with me.
1: Yes, thank you for having me.
0: What do you want to talk about? Well. Let's talk about the last 10 years. Okay. Not, not. We're not going to spend a whole, I mean, we're not going to go in depth last 10 years.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But um, I was looking at pictures today when I was um, looking for my gratuitous emotional fluff.
1: <laughs> Facebook love. I mean, Facebook love. <laughs>
0: I don't care if people don't like that. No. I
1: Not one bit.
0: I think. I think you should praise your woman. Yeah. You should brag. Enough people bitch and complain. and.
1: Yeah. We need to talk about the good. You know, there's good and bad in life, and whatever you focus on grows. So let's focus on the good, and it grows in our life. And we've seen that to be true. That's
0: why I focus so much on my pecker. <laughs> Gotta get grow, baby, grow. ha <laughs> I'm sorry. I brought it down. You were doing really good.
1: Yeah. So whatever we focus on grows. So when we focus on the positive things in our life and what we want, we put that out in the universe that that grows.
0: I believe that now. You've been telling me that for 10 years.
1: I have been telling you that for 10 years. For a decade. Yeah. For a decade. You got
0: to choose happiness. You can choose to fuck off. (laughs) It's not a goddamn tank top.
1: (laughs) I choose happiness.
0: It's not easy for me. I know. <clears throat>
1: we are we are different people. We are very different.
0: That's apparent. That was apparent as soon as we met. Mhm. Um. You were so bright and beautiful. And um. Yeah, I look back fondly on those first couple of times we ran into each other.
1: Yeah. Oh, I do too.
0: I'm a sentimental guy, anyways, but that stuff really it's hard to think shitty thoughts about you or get resentful or or you know case build or she doesn't do this or she doesn't do that or you know which is easy in a relationship you know everybody thinks they're not getting what they're supposed to be getting and she doesn't do this right and she she doesn't make me you know she doesn't appreciate me and and he doesn't do this right and he he just doesn't know and uh, I used to be like that. I mean, my last relationships were, oh, God, they're fucking shit shows. Because you know, I didn't know how to be in one. I didn't know how to be happy, joyous, free. I didn't know um, there was a lot of self-esteem issues, a lot of confidence issues, a lot of baggage from the past. and.
1: Yeah. So if you, if you, you know, find a bunch of flaws with someone, then it's a whole lot easier when it doesn't work out.
0: Yeah, because you kind of keep that in the back pocket, like right. the minute they break a shoestring or yeah. sneeze the wrong way, it's like, oh, you always do this shit, and, and then you just ambush them with it.
1: Or when they when they kind of come at you with something, you got you got a, a whole back pocket full of things to throw at them. Or if it just doesn't work out, then you're like, well, pff, screw them; they had all this stuff wrong with them anyway.
0: Yeah, it's very guarded. It's a very that's a very. Um, jaded and and um i don't want to say incomplete but in, in, a kind of an insincere way to go through life because you're never allowing yourself to fully get to know somebody yeah and and you know both of us had big issues with intimacy
1: <laughs> absolutely
0: um that we got to work through you know i, I really think that we had um I mean, we've talked about it. I've talked about it on the program and or on the on the show, and and you're pretty open about it. We won't say what, but you know, in the program of recovery that we're in, you know, having sponsors and a, a fellowship and um, a support staff, and you know, because when you and I first started dating, I had no idea what to do.
1: Yeah, me neither. In my, you know, I was married before, and so whenever Anything would go wrong. Oh, I would have, yeah, I'd have people that I've talked to, uh, like my mom, who's always going to be on my side. So you pick someone who's no matter what is going to pick your side and then you're just right all the time. And what does that get you? Justified. Yeah. Justified right out of the relationship.
0: And justified resentments are the dubious right of normal. what is it?
1: Justified resentments are the dubious luxury of yeah, normal, normal men.
0: men. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, like, you know, I would, I, I remember in the beginning, um, I was really struggling with committing. I told you I wouldn't be your boyfriend.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You broke up with me twice. Twice. Twice.
0: That's where everybody gasps.
1: <laughs> in horror.
0: <laughs> you dumb shit. <laughs> um, but I was just really fucked off about, You know, I mean, because I came out of my last relationship and that got volatile uh, just because we both had our own issues and I had my own shit I brought to the table and, um, you know, uh, hang ups about me thinking I was abandoning Abby or I was never going to get to see her again. And um, that was something that I so desperately wanted to. You know, and even to this day, I still wish that that relationship was cordial, that we could get along. Um, But, you know, it is what it is. I've got my part in it, and that's all I can focus on. You know, as we we started dating and um, we're in the honeymoon phase, everything was new and exciting. But I brought a lot of baggage. I didn't even realize it. A lot of shit that I've had to work through over the past 10 years.
1: I mean, I brought my own baggage. Water seeks its own level.
0: Yeah. You're crazy. <laughs> Obviously. You like my kind of crazy. This guy broke up with me. I clearly need to have him. <laughs> I wish I could say it was strategic. I was playing hard to get. I was a dumbass. You were. I was.
1: I'm so glad you could see that now. Yeah.
0: Our relationship started to grow... We started going on trips together.
1: I'd never traveled like that before.
0: Yeah, me either. I mean, that was a whole new life for me. Same. The business was doing well. Um, things were changing in the business. Uh, some I liked, some I didn't.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: There's some pretty uh, <clears throat> unfortunate events and things like that. But, you know, we were so distracted. By each other that it was it was okay i mean i really felt like my that's when my life began because i was newly sober mm-hmm. i'd only been sober for 13 months or so and a lot of people in my old life didn't like me sober come to find out and uh, it was interesting to watch all that kind of dissolve Yeah. And then about that time, you know, when we we started dating, it was, um, you were this positive ray of light, and you were kind and sweet and patient and loving. You didn't try to stab me. Um, There was a lot of new things there. (laughs) But um, I I look back on that time fondly.
1: I do, too. I do, too. When I was going back through pictures today for my gratuitous Instagram post,
0: Thank I you, gotta, by the
1: way. You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you for mine. Um, both of our, they need to make a, a separate love language for Facebook slash social media love, because that's definitely one of ours. Um, I like, man. I was going through our pictures, and I found uh, I found some of our wedding pictures in that moment when we got to see each other before we got married. Like the look on our faces, it was just that pure like excitement, like oh my gosh, we're doing this. This day is here. It was it was pretty magical.
0: Yeah, that was a cool day. We paid for that wedding ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, we were completely independent of everyone.
1: Mm-hmm. We always have been.
0: Yeah. Yeah, because we've never had, you know, there's never been any help. No. And no safety nets, no <laughs> trust funds. Inheritance, anything like that, it's us, you know, and not that having those things are bad. I mean, they'd be great, but it's just, it's been interesting to, um, without sounding, sounding grandiose, well, and then let me sound grandiose, but like building our empire. Yeah. And that's something that we've always had together that we've always, you know, um, It's been our common goal, not to just have a whole bunch of money and things, but to have the life that we want the way we want it. We've all, I mean, since we've been together, we've done it differently.
1: Right, right. And we've said we're not going to do it like other people do it. And you've encouraged me to think big, think bigger, because I was, I mean, I had a lot of self-limiting beliefs. Even though I was super positive and happy, I didn't, I didn't believe that that we could achieve. I, I, didn't, I didn't quite believe that we could build our life the way we wanted. But we've, we've proven it to be true.
0: I just think of how I do everything is different. And sometimes uh, I feel like I'm doing it wrong. You know, like with the business and things like that. But I've, I've held I've, I've been steadfast with that long enough that now that it, it works. And it's just the way that I do things. Certain things that we put a priority on.
1: We put a big priority on our health and on working out and on relationships with our friends. I mean, and each other. So you can see, you know, your your time is, time is our biggest, you know, it's our most precious asset. And so where do we spend our time? We spend it working out and, you know, doing things to take care of our bodies and with each other.
0: We spend our money on... Food, food, <laughs> primarily. lots of food and um, gadgets. If it is going to shine some magical light on me,
1: <laughs> some red light, some red light, <laughs> white light, <laughs> white light,
0: that's free. <clears throat> or if it's going to make something quit hurting. Oh yeah. If it's going to help me learn something quicker. Yeah. If it's, I mean, I love that stuff.
1: Oh, I do too. And, you know, honestly, like there's so many of the gadgets in the house. I, I I just sort of, I mean, you know, to be honest, I'm like, oh, well, we don't need that, but oh, well, it's nice. It's nice. You know, we don't need a Peloton. We don't need a full home gym, but it's really, really nice, you know, but then now, you know, we're locked down in this COVID crisis and, um, quarantine ish-ing, you know, we're limiting our exposure to, to everything and everyone. And, we have everything we need here, and I've never been more grateful to have all that stuff. And I've just previously just thought it's just stuff, but we, we're self-sufficient.
0: We're prepared for everything. We are <clears>
1: prepared. <throat> I mean, I have given you mad shit about all the food and the toilet paper and the water rations till the water goes out, and I've got to shave my legs with a five-gallon thing of water. I'm like, I'm so grateful we have this five-gallon jug of water. I've eaten my words on your preparedness so many times that I just finally accept it. I'm grateful for it. And you're right on that thing. <laughs> oh, <laughs> on that one thing. That one thing. <laughs> We're going to circle back. <clears throat> We're going to beat
0: that dead horse. Okay. And, to be, and, and just so everyone knows, the toilet paper was already here. That was
1: pre-COVID. That was, yeah. Well, okay, so you, you know, you had a stash in the attic and then freaking subscribe and say We were set.
0: Yeah. Uh, there's, there's lots of goodies up there. Uh, Mm Um, a lot of the stuff is just kind of, it needs to be thrown out because the cliff bars and
1: they're five years old. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, we've been prepared for a long time,
0: but there's plenty of stuff, but like the, um, you know, people will see our gym. And it's pretty extravagant for a home gym, Mm -hmm. but um, before you catch yourself saying it must be nice.
1: And, and by the way, don't fucking say that to either one of us. Ever. Ever. Yeah. Because what that says is, I'm not willing to do what you do. I just want to sit here and judge you for having it.
0: Yeah. Because we, we spend our money on that, but we haven't had cable since
1: we've been together.
0: Yeah, I think I had dish when I first got sober. Yeah. Um and that was the only time and it was a short period, you know, and we just um <clears throat> we we allocate our funds differently. Right, right. Because in our opinion, health and wellness is non-negotiable. It is. Darren likes to say working out like brushing his teeth.
1: Mhm. It is. And it is for me if I don't work out A couple of days in a row, or if I'm not active and I'll get outside, I'm miserable.
0: Yeah, me too. I mean, it's one of the only things that have consistently Mm -hmm. uh, fixed me, other than you. Thank you. Um, But my mental well-being. Yeah. Because, I mean, I, I dance on that dark line, and I can slip back into that in any given time. And it's something that I've chosen to no longer take medication for because of the experiences I've had in the past and so I really have to work really really fucking as you know really hard to stay out of the darkness you do and uh, and I'm not always successful at it <clears throat> you know over the past 10 years you've stood by me through some incredibly dark times I have um, you know talks of suicide bankruptcy, um, self-harm, just running myself completely into the dirt, been on the brink of complete mental collapse and financial collapse and physical collapse. And you don't nag me. You don't criticize me. You just walk with me through it. I was talking to somebody today about our vows. Through sickness and health. How that... It doesn't just mean, yes, I'm going to hold my wife's hand as she dies from cancer or whatever. It means that you stand next to your partner. Your partner. Not your subordinate or your submissive or your superior, but your partner. Mm -hmm. And you stand with them through... Mental health issues, physical health issues, the highs, the lows, financial sickness, all these things that we've been through because we've been through a lot
1: we have we have, and you know with you, you know you've always had higher highs and lower lows than me
0: than most people, yeah
1: <laughs> but i mean i mean, i I'm, I'm 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 drawn to that i mean i'm I'm pretty I'm pretty even. I've although I've had I've had some really hard times, especially in the last year. Mm-hmm. Last year and a half.
0: It's definitely rough. And we walked through that? We did. You losing your dad? Yeah. That was uh that was rough. That was rough on y'all. For sure. You want to talk about that?
1: I'm trying not to laugh cuz you said rough on y'all. <laughs> 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 Was <laughs> not rough on you. Um, that was yeah. rough on me. Yeah. Well, it was, it was hard on it was hard on you to see me go through that.
0: Yeah, and then there was all the other,
1: oh, yeah, stuff yeah. that. Um, yeah.
0: You know my my um, me getting on my soapbox and beating my chest about having integrity and doing what's right and yeah, God forbid I ever fuck up.
1: Yeah. Well. Yeah. I mean you know, I did, I, I lost my dad in November. He died in November, but I mean, I, I lost him along. I lost him 2006. Really? Mm-hmm. My dad had a, um, a psychotic break in 2006. And in that unraveling, um, it came out uh, this is Aaron's wander here. It came out that he had done some things that, um, ultimately broke up my parents' marriage. Uh, he, uh, and then in the next for the next 13 years he just never was the same again. I mean substance abuse, uh long-term prescription drug abuse, alcohol abuse. I mean, I've got I've got a family full, you know, family history of that and yeah, it greatly affected the way the way he he was in his later years. The dad that he was when I was an adult wasn't the wasn't the same man that I grew up with. But uh, about 14 months before he died, he tried to get off his prescription main, uh, pain medication again, and um, had another series of psychotic breaks. And he was at JPS uh, for several weeks. You went, you accompanied me up there that one night, and and he was just out of his mind. And that was that was one of the most horrifying memories I have of him and that wasn't the first time I'd seen it with JPS. He he was there the first time in 2006 when he had his psychotic break. And uh yeah, so from that moment to uh, September of 2018, he was uh diagnosed with frontotemporal dementia. The doctors said he had about a year to live. They said he'd live it in a nursing home. So they sent him to a nursing home and then sent him home a week later saying, you know, "Oh, oh look at that. You're all better."
0: Praise Jesus. <laughs>
1: Praise Jesus. And uh. And he spent the next fourteen months drinking. Yeah. And just but some semblance of, of functioning, you know, not in the nursing home the way they thought he was going to. And um we saw him five days before he died, and he was he didn't look good. And he he died of a heart attack. But um to lose your dad at forty I was forty one. He was 66. I mean, you lose your dad that young, you know, is, is, is shocking. And then we didn't have the relationship that I wanted. We never did. So to not only to lose him physically, but to lose that hope mm. is heartbreaking. The
0: finality of it.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, that hope that one day he's going to get his shit together and get sober and, and face reality and be the man that he could be. Well, that hope died when he died.
0: Yeah, and, and you know, um, and it was Valium that he was taking. Yeah. Not paying bills. No, no. So if you if you take Valium for multiple multiple years,
1: hmm Mix it with alcohol.
0: And mix it with alcohol, and then you quit quit abruptly. hmm The cheese is going to slide off your cracker. <laughs>
1: <laughs> to say it lightly, yeah. 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 I mean, it's. He took it for twenty eight years. You know, the doctor gave it to him to help him sleep when he was in his forties or late thirties. And um, you're never supposed to drink on a benzodiazepine, which is what Valium is. Mm -hmm. And I didn't learn that until I got sober and learned that, you know, benzodiazepines and alcohol have a synergistic effect. Not one plus one isn't two, one plus one is 10, which explained why he could have two or three beers and be just as jolly as can be. But for me, the way I drink, you know, I, I I had way more than that, so.
0: Yeah, that was, you know, you said, um, wasn't the man you knew, wasn't the dad you knew. Yeah. So I didn't, I never met that.
1: You never met him, no.
0: When I showed up on the scene, um, I knew from the very beginning that I was not buying tickets to the Marcus show.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: And, um. From the things that I had seen, witnessed, heard, mostly from what I witnessed, um, I, I there was there was not going to be a relationship just because, um, and maybe I was taking myself too seriously. But
1: you were protecting your woman. Yeah, yeah,
0: and and that's um,
1: this had didn't have anything to do with how seriously you take yourself.
0: Sure. Well, thank you for saying that, but, but like, and also your mom, you know? Oh God. Yeah. Incredibly protective of that woman. Yeah. Because it's, I mean, she's you. I look at the way you're, you're going to look and be when you're, when you're her age. I look at her every time I look at her, I see you when I hear her laugh. When I look at her eyes, when I, you know, her hair, especially
1: the evil laugh.
0: Oh my God. Yeah. (laughs) That, I mean, I just see my wife. Yeah. And I think, well, fuck, if that's what it's going to be like, I'm okay with that. You know, that's, um, because your mom walks on water as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. And so I was super protective of that, resentful towards him, angry, and just, uh, volatile. And then, you know, he had an opportunity to make some things right, and he didn't. And that just, whew. I mean, yeah. that that really got in under my skin. Yeah. And then he and I had
1: a couple of verbal altercations.
0: Uh huh. Yeah. I definitely told him what time it was. <laughs> I called it too. I was like, You're going to be dead in two years. He said, No, I'm not. I said, Yeah, you are. You eat like an asshole. You drink, you know, and. Um, you're a drug addict. You're a drug addict. And I mean, what the yeah. fuck, man? Yeah. Everybody's enabling you. It wasn't my place to say, but, um, at that particular time with what had led up to that, some things that he did and said, and, and I come home and find you upset. That it was just unacceptable. Um,
1: so when that caused problems between us and we've had to walk through that together too.
0: Yeah. And that, that's, that's what I was going to say. It's like, I, I could see, and I wanted to make two points about it, um, One, whether or not how good, and this, this also goes to like, you don't ever talk shit about your ex to your kids because they're half of them.
1: Absolutely.
0: So, you know, I'm talking trash about him and that's your dad. So you're seeing, and I'm not, I'm forgive me for being presumptuous, but we've talked about this, you know, like you're seeing.
1: I'm half mm, of him.
0: Sure. And, and, and you see the dad that you had. And then you're conflicted with the man who he is now, and it's embarrassing. It's shameful. It's there's a lot of loss there. There's a lot of regret, and um, and then you've got me who who does not uh, do anything with few words or emotion. Right. I'm I'm very animated about these things. Passionate. Very passionate. I like that word because it doesn't <laughs> sound like asshole. <laughs> but you know. I could have throttled back at that time. Yeah. <clears throat> because I remember a couple of times where I was ranting about it and then you just break down crying. Yeah. And I'm like, fuck, Ryan, there's a time and a place. I thought it was the time and the place, but apparently it wasn't, you know? And so I've had to learn.
1: You've had to learn to let me say it.
0: Oh, yeah. which Let me,
1: I can say anything. It's hard to hear you say it, though.
0: Yeah. And we've had lots of issues like that with the family oh yeah because your family is so completely different than what i was raised with yeah and um and i can be very black and white about some things
1: yeah
0: but the the other point i wanted to make was um i forgot so we will just move on but you've you've walked through that
1: yeah it's been ugly Mm. and it's been hard but I've walked through it
0: there's another thing about your dad that I wanted to point out not to drag him through the mud anymore but um, the drug addiction or the substance abuse and uh, the alcoholism poor choices poor diets you know uh, there was some enabling on the other side that I think kind of pushed it along instead of helping him recover. But that's between them. There was a lot of unresolved trauma.
1: <clears throat> From his childhood. Oh, absolutely. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, as you know, people don't act that way out of nowhere. As we learn about families, you know, hurt, like you say it, hurt people hurt people. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he had... You know, he grew up with a with a lot of, you know, verbal and emotional abuse from his dad.
0: And that stuff adds up, man. It I mean,
1: does. And he, I mean, and now, gosh, learning what I'm certainly no expert about this, but learning and knowing and reading, you know, everything that I have about it, I mean, he, he needed professional help when he was when he when he was young.
0: Yeah. But it, but it, you know, it was the whole clowning and everything's a a joke and everything. And
1: it's it's the Marcus show, you know, and him. And doing things like uh, showing up to my bridal shower in a dress.
0: Strike one. <laughs> so, and I don't give a shit that he, he he showed up looking like an ugly 80-year-old woman.
1: I mean, that, that, yeah, but he stole the show.
0: And he did it to your sister, too, at her baby shower,
1: right? Uh, probably something like that.
0: Showed up that it was supposed to be girls only. Just yeah. shit like that. Like, yeah. You're the dad. You're supposed to not...
1: Don't steal. I mean... And, and, but neither one of me or my sister, we don't have to be the center of attention, but it's like, and you didn't, I never realized it until later. Like, yeah, he was the center of attention when it was supposed to be somebody else's day.
0: Yeah. And that's, um, I mean, shit, that's a good life lesson. A lot of us could learn.
1: Well, yeah. Let people have their day. Don't make it about you. Don't, don't make it about you. Let it be about them
0: one of many men among men a yeah. woman among m- women. Yeah. Yeah. That was, um, you know, and another thing about that, I think, and I've, I've thought a lot about this, um, because I tend to think a lot about things that I don't like. <laughs> I like to spend some time, in deep thought. <laughs>
1: what you focus on grows <laughs> <laughs>
0: conjuring up some good resentments. Oh my I want to make sure I have every argument rehearsed. <clears throat> yeah. So that I win them all. But it, you know, we don't like to see ourselves in others.
1: Oh, God, no.
0: And a lot of your dad, with him as a tradesman and how he was. and, 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 and
1: He was a lot, he's a lot like you. The good things about him. I mean, there's, yeah.
0: But those things come with a certain type of personality that I have. Sure. And, and so I would see his things. That he did and and was like i i i could very well end up that way you know left to my own devices if i didn't have recovery yeah if i didn't have a supportive spouse i'll say it right now and i'll say it anytime anybody will listen i would not be where i am who i am or what i am today without you
1: i wouldn't be where i am without you there's just no way because even some of the, the paths that, that I've taken and choices I've made, you've always been like, babe, you can do anything. And it's not like I didn't think I couldn't. It's just I never thought to dream that big.
0: Well, it's safe.
1: Like, why not? Right. I'd always played it safe. I guess I'm talking too loud for Augustus.
0: Well, he's twisted up in the. Oh, we're about, we're about to have a complete. It's all right. It's okay. <laughs> oh
1: oh buddy <laughs>
0: I wish y'all could see this magical animal oh
1: he's majestic
0: sweet boy he's going to get his clan squeezed into... and <laughs> what the hell was that he just burped
1: mm-hmm
0: yeah um but <clears throat> he also reminded me of my dad
1: yeah oh yeah
0: and that just because that relationship is severed yeah you know I've got a a habit um uh, And I've talked about it before you disappoint me. I will cut you off like a fucking tumor. Yeah. And, um, I wasn't really, really aware of that pattern until the last, I'd say five years. Yeah. And that's something that I've really tried to resolve. And what that is, is, um, fear of abandonment.
1: Absolutely. You abandon them before they can abandon you. Sure.
0: Fear of intimacy.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, if I trust somebody and they disappoint me, well I just I don't like to be disappointed. Because I see myself in that. Yeah. And that's just as the older the older I get, um it seems like the more I get humbled. There's been some very humbling things that have happened over the last couple of years.
1: Life has a way of doing that to us.
0: Yeah. And um
1: and giving us perspective. Hopefully. For the future and to learn from our mistakes, which you do. Most of the time. Most of the time.
0: I learn at the speed of pain.
1: We all do. Yeah. You can't, nobody can come in and tell me I have to experience it for myself.
0: Yeah, and that's something that um, has been really frustrating, like with Rooster. Um, you know, you try to tell your kids. Yeah. And then having two different uh, households with two different opinions and two different lifestyles, and, and one's not good and one's not wrong, one's not.
1: We're just different. We're
0: just different, yeah. And, but they differ. And so um, it makes it difficult to, for her to be receptive of certain things, you know? So it's like, hey, babe, you know, you, as, you're, as an adult or as a, as a dad or as a parent, you're trying like hell. I think 90% of the time is just operating out of the fear that your kid is going to make the mistakes that you made.
1: <clears throat> well, and, But they have to. Yeah. They yeah. have to. Nobody could have told me when I was her age, you know, don't, don't do this, don't try this. You've got to experience it for yourself.
0: Well, if somebody said don't try that, I would instantly wonder, well, why not? It must be awesome.
1: Yeah. She is you. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah she got all my quirks Mm -hmm. poor kid she'll work through it
1: she'll work through it she'll learn to turn them into advantages like you have yeah
0: so I think the um, going through these kinds of things have uh, have really brought us closer And it seems like a kind of a generic thing to say, you know, you spend 10 years with somebody, you better be close.
1: Yeah. But you and I, we've, we've continued to work on ourselves and dig in and do the work.
0: I find that we work on me more. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Uh,
1: We talk about you more.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm entertaining. No. No.
1: We talk about you more.
0: Can you just let me have my day?
1: <laughs> no. <laughs> it's because everybody else
0: talks about you. Oh, your wife is so great. You're so lucky. You outkicked your coverage. Yeah. Maybe I did. You got to tell the right joke at the right time. Catch when their self esteems low.
1: My self-esteem has never been low.
0: Maybe your defenses were down. Maybe you were just feeling extra charitable that day.
1: I've never been charitable. That's a lie. Not with men.
0: Oh. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'm okay with that. <laughs> but, like, we've, we've, um, we got through that. Yeah. We've got through some big things. The Absol- business.
1: Oh, God, yeah. Oof,
0: fuck. So, here's a little uh, pro tip. The most useless skill for running a welding business is welding. Mm. If you don't have other business skills, it's going to be hard. <laughs> yeah. And I learned that the hard way. Yeah. But I look at it like the amount of money that we've lost, I could have just paid for an MBA from TCU. Well, there you go. So.
1: There's your education.
0: I got my education right there.
1: Listen, just like that, just like we can't tell Abby, like not to make the mistakes we did, nobody could have told you not to make the mistakes you did.
0: Well, they tried. So did I. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, a lot of the stuff was, I really thought I wasn't making them. That's the thing is you convince yourself that you're not making those. This of is course. different. Yeah. No, 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 no. I'm doing this. No, 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 You don't understand. There's an angle. I got this, this mm-hmm. over here. And then when sure. this happens, it's all going to be fine. And then when all that shit doesn't work out, it's like, no, 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 no. We're going to do this, this, this. And then it's just this, this, uh, snowball rolling down a hill.
1: Yeah. But at least, you know, you've been receptive at, at times to see, you know, to do some things differently. And that's all we can do. We're going to make mistakes. I make mistakes, too.
0: Mm-hmm. I have a list of the four you've made. <laughs> right. But I, I i think that, um. I think the key is just continuing to be vulnerable with one another.
1: I was thinking the same thing. To be vulnerable to you know, you you've got to do a lot of things in a relationship to, for it to work. You know, you've got to always look at your part. Always be vulnerable. And um
0: try not to look at their part.
1: Don't look at their part cuz listen, if he's if you're the problem, I'm screwed cuz I can't do a damn thing about you. Yeah. I can only fix me.
0: I love that say me too there's good news and there's bad news
1: you're the problem. The good news is you can fix it yeah yeah
0: i've you know um, there's so many things that we've learned in recovery and from people much wiser and experienced than ourselves that yeah that carry into our lives
1: and that's the thing about having someone that you run things by who is an unbiased um, guide, you know, guiding your life, you know, they are going to shoot it too straight. They're going to tell you your part. I remember the first, one of the first times that, um, my mentor told me that I was judgmental. I was like, (gasps) like, um, I'm a nice person. I'm a nice fucking person. And, And she's like, I hear judgment. She's like, if you don't understand it, you automatically think it's bad. Yeah,
0: if it doesn't line up with your beliefs or ideals, yeah, <clears throat> then it's not right.
1: And I've had to take a hard look at that.
0: Yeah, you know, uh, one of my favorite things to run through my head, what don't I know? Right. Because someone told me a long time ago, after I was ranting about someone and really just pissed off and offended by it and hell it might not even had anything to do with me directly Um, and they said he's doing the best he can do I was like what the fuck and then he said because if he wasn't he'd be doing better and I did not believe that like I fought that and argued it and 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 picked it apart as much as I possibly could. But um, after being humbled, after getting kicked in the teeth a couple of times, after showing my ass, after literally doing the best I could do, and it coming nowhere near the mark, you know, I realized that they were doing the best they could do.
1: Right, and life has a way of, do- of, of teaching us those lessons.
0: Yeah, it's just like with your dad, you know. He was doing the best he could do. He was. But, and he, but, 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 you know, I mean, the first thing that pops into my head is but, but. In,
1: no, but in, I mean, we're all flawed. We all make mistakes.
0: Yeah. Yeah, we do. I think as couples, um, well, one thing that I've always have been super grateful for is your, your, ability, your ability to forgive and forget. Um, because I can act like an ass. Yeah. Thank you. You can. <laughs> I'm a passionate guy. You're a passionate guy. But I can act like a complete dumbass and, and be completely irrational. And then it takes about 12 hours. And then I come back and rub up against you. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. And you forgive me.
1: Mm-hmm. I do.
0: That's the first time I've experienced that. You know, in a relationship. Not, yeah. not having things held over my head.
1: Well, if I hold things over your head, I'm miserable. Yeah. And I spend a, I spend a lot of time, you know, reading books and podcasts and and all this stuff and talking to people, I don't want to be miserable. I want to live a happy life. And dwelling on the past, dwelling on mistakes, that is not the way for a happy life.
0: Or dwelling on the future, what what could or what should or what might.
1: No, no.
0: Staying where your hands are.
1: Absolutely.
0: You know, back to the intimacy thing. That's always been really difficult for me. And I didn't even realize it i didn't i didn't realize that i lacked intimacy with other people um and then i sought people out that were kind of the same you know water seeks its own level Uh so i look back at past relationships and it's like oh oh oh, now i see yeah you know not not their part like here's where she was fucked up but like where, where i was
1: oh absolutely
0: you know and and it's um and I'm so fortunate that we've found a way to work through that. And, and it wasn't like we just showed up one day and like, hey, I have intimacy issues. So do you. Let's go see somebody.
1: No, no. I mean, the shit had to hit the fan first. So I think the first time we saw a counselor together was, um, or the ca- was um, when we bought the first house. Mm-hmm. And we were painting and you were doing the floor and I was painting it. And um, do you remember what you said? no this isn't gonna work <laughs> and you were talking in you know, a you're like I was like what like
0: it's this room gray. different gray you're like this marriage
1: and I was like oh no you didn't we're like three months married four months married we bought a house three months after we got married and we just and you know we we're stretching financially to get that house, and we. Holy shit. And so we wanted to do a bunch of work to it. So you took all the floors off the bottom the downstairs and I painted the whole dang thing with 20 foot ceilings. Um, and that caused an incredible amount of stress. and I didn't do things the way you wanted me to do, and you didn't do things the way out and, and, by, and we, it was a sh- it was just a mess. So we saw we saw Eunice together that first time, and she saw us together. Um, long enough to realize that, that I was the problem, <laughs> no, that we weren't, that our relationship wasn't the, wasn't the problem that I had issues and you had issues and we needed to work on them separately, but it, we weren't the problem. I was the problem. You were the problem.
0: Yeah. It wasn't the problem. We were individually.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't our relationship, but, but that was like, that was our first foray into learning how to be intimate with someone and vulnerable. And that's really when we started digging into, to our relationship. And um, one of my most fond lessons that Eunice taught me is that, um, you know, going back to what I was talking about before, what you focus on grows, when your partner does something, and you appreciate them, and you focus on that, your brain creates a chemical called oxytocin. And that's a joy, it's a joy chemical. So when we focus on the things about our partner that we're grateful for, we feel happier. And on the on the you know, on the other side of that, if I focus on everything that you're not doing right, well I'm miserable. So here's the thing, I don't want to be miserable. I want to be happy.
0: Yeah. Um I can't imagine living in another house. You know, that that doesn't have the energy that our house has.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And we're both very empathic. Like we feel, like we feel each other. Mm -hmm. We don't have to say a word. I can see the look on your face. You can see the look on my face. We communicate a lot through energy.
0: And we know that it doesn't have anything to do with the other one. That was one thing.
1: Yeah. Quite often, quite often. If something's wrong with you or something's wrong with me, yeah.
0: Like, um, I have a memory of, uh, you might've forgotten this doubtful <laughs> of of me in that rent house when we first started dating
1: are the the one that you when you lived next door to your mom yeah okay
0: um beating a rolled up rug with a baseball bat oh yeah you probably forgot all about that
1: are you saying <laughs> um i was reading a book
0: on your phone on my phone texting your friends like so we were gonna go eat
1: i didn't text anyone I sat down and knew that you were just having come, we called them come aparts.
0: There were so many of them, we had a word.
1: We had a word. And I was like, okay, I'm going to read this book. And um, I think it was, a, it was definitely a spiritual book. Because um, you're so spiritual. Spiritual AF. But yeah, yeah, I knew. Well, there's been a lot of times where you've had explosive um, reactions to me or something else. But I, I I I usually know it's not about me.
0: Yeah, and by explosive, she doesn't mean I threw her through a window or
1: no, hit no. her.
0: It no, was go outside and break something or
1: get really mad and yell.
0: Yeah, just completely lose my shit.
1: Lose your mind. Yeah. High speed, come
0: apart. High speed, come apart. I like to get as much mileage as I can out mm. of every tantrum.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't hit me; I hit you. Yeah. <laughs>
0: does it because she loves me <laughs> what happened last time you hit me
1: I broke my wrist scaphoid fracture my first broken bone at the age of 40 was punching my husband in the chest as hard as I could that's what you get
0: I'm fine everybody <laughs> by the way I've healed
1: mm-hmm.
0: I'm really sorry you hurt yourself
1: I still I still my wrist still bothers me what happens when you break a bone at 40 <laughs>
0: And so we continue down that path, and and um, also the communication, like um, I'm not always good at it, but you're really good at like, hey, have I done something to upset you, or I feel like you're upset with me right now, and and it's it's disarming most of the time, but it's. It gets it. It gets the conversation going.
1: Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, just, I mean, you can cut the tension in the room with a knife. So yeah, I'm going to say something.
0: Yeah. I'm not real good at letting it go either. Like right then it takes me a little bit longer. Um, I don't know what that is. Pride. Probably pride and ego. It's uncomfortable. Maybe shame or embarrassment. I don't want to admit it right then. I need to get away from it for a minute or an hour or 12. Uh, But I can feel it like when we're in those moments and it's, and it's, um, I know that I should let it go. I know that I should apologize to you and say, you know what? You're right. It's me. But it's like this part of me shows up that it's like, you can be justifiably hurt.
1: But it's, but in those moments though, it's, it's like, it's like there's a hurt little boy in there. Yeah. I'm ta- it's like, I'm. sometimes it's talking to a five-year-old, sometimes he's 16, but it's, it's clear. Yeah. And it's not you. It's, it's you. It's you, but it's, you know.
0: And that's all that trauma. I know. And that past shit that, um, you know, and I think about that and it's not a crutch. I mean, I'm responsible for that. You know, I mean, it's, it's not, it's not like, oh, he's in his child right now and, like the adult needs to show up and be like, "Hey, hey, hey!" It's, I mean, there's a whole process to it. It's very woo-woo, but um, it works. It works. It's better than drinking it away or pretending like it's not there, or just making it the other person's fault.
1: Yeah. Describe how you do it. How I do it? Yeah. I have an idea of the way the way you do it, but I'm, I haven't I haven't I haven't done it firsthand. I've just heard about it.
0: Like, as far as... Um,
1: what happens if you know that you, you're you in a child emotional state and you're reacting from a child emotional state? How do you bring yourself out of that?
0: So, for my... The way it was taught to me and... Um, and
1: we're not professionals, obviously.
0: No. I just play one on the internet. <laughs> um, for me, and the way I was taught was... You know these things show up and it's very, like you said, it's very clear who's in charge, whether it's a a five-year-old that was abandoned emotionally or abused or hurt or not taken care of or whatever it may be, whatever that looks like. You can tell when you're in that state or you can tell when somebody else is in that state. Once you know what you're looking at, um, or it's a 16-year-old that's beating his chest trying to prove he's a man or <clears throat> not being able to control his, his temper and his, his words and, and whatever. So when it happens, if you look at, um, like for me, I had to design a safe place in my mind, somewhere that was safe as a child, that I could take that child. And be like, all right, man, you go over here, the adults are going to handle it, you know, and, it, and, it, and it's all a process in your head.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So basically what you have to do is be the parent to yourself to give the need, fill the need that wasn't filled, mm-hmm. which is why you have this version of you reacting in that way.
1: Right, right. And, you know, to be clear, you know, we, we know that our parents did the best with us. Oh, yeah. And, and, and there's trauma with, everyone's got trauma. It's just, are you in touch with your trauma? Like, there's not a parent in the world that can raise a kid who's, who doesn't experience trauma in their childhood. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's impossible.
0: Abby's experienced it. And
1: Absolutely. I'm, I'm,
0: I, it's, and it's like, with my mom, <clears throat> she, um, she did the best she could do. Yeah? She was raising two shithead kids without a dad around. Yeah. And, um, you know, she didn't make a lot of money. Um,
1: worked all the time
0: yeah and so it just it was a bad situation various men came around and um, one in particular and and that wasn't um, it wasn't a healthy situation Yeah. and you know my mom uh, didn't know so but the kid doesn't realize that
1: no, no. Because
0: the big people are supposed to take care of us. You know what I'm saying? It's like the adults are supposed to take care of us. So the kid – and and there's one thing I hear with a lot of guys that are um, uh, alpha types and, you know, like um, trying to be tough guys or whatever it is, is that, you, you know, not talking about your feelings. And, and that's what we were, we were raised <clears> – <throat> Being taught, like you don't cry, you don't talk about your feelings, quit being a pussy, quit being a bitch, you sound like a little girl, whatever it is. But you have to know what the enemy is. If you're going around and you've never addressed any of these issues, but you keep going through wives, and your kids don't want to talk to you, and you're a grown man trying to fight people on the side of the road, Whether you can win or not, whatever, um, there's a reason that's driving that. There's something that's driving that kind of behavior.
1: Right, right. And we can't see it on their own. We need help to figure it out.
0: So, and that's how I was, you know, like just out of control in everything that I did. You have to control your anger and your emotions if you want to control yourself. But to do that, you have to figure out what's causing those things to pop up. Mm -hmm. You know, the word trigger got really, really abused and used, overused. And um, I don't particularly like that word. But But activated, you know. If there's something that just fires something in you. If if someone said something to you and you reacted, you just lost your shit. And you get on the other side of it and you're like, well, I don't know where that came from. Right. Or... You know, so-and-so says something, it gets all over me, and mm-hmm. I just, I hear that, and I just want to, like, rip his face off. And it's not even that big of a deal.
1: Right, right.
0: You've got to figure out what these origins are. Exactly. So that you can take control of them.
1: Because there's that saying, if the reaction is hysterical, the roots are historical. Sure. And it sounds super goofy, but it's freaking true.
0: To answer your question, um, for me, I have to, like, grab that little boy. Mm-hmm. Um, and put my hand on him, like, in a calming way, like I would want my dad to do,
1: mm-hmm.
0: like I yearned for my dad to do, I can't tell you how many times in my life, and then handle it. Yeah. Like, send him to somewhere that's safe that you've already designed in your mind. Yeah. Whether it's a treehouse with your dog or whatever it is, and then you, you take over. But it's very difficult because when you're in it, it's hard to see it. Yeah. And then when someone's telling you that you're in it, oh, well fuck, that doesn't help. That's like telling somebody to calm down. <laughs> it never works. Right. And so that's just that's part of the process for me. Yeah. Uh, one of the one of the most difficult things I've I've um tried to learn and and try to put it into practice is pausing. Because I can fire from the hip real fucking quick. Yeah. Uh Whether it's email, text, in person, there is something so protective and strengthening about taking a deep breath and not saying a fucking word. Not everything demands a response. Mm -hmm. And so that's something that I work on.
1: Yeah, you've gotten a lot better at that.
0: Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you for noticing
1: how much of a spiritual giant I am. <laughs> I didn't say you're a spiritual giant. I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, and then back to like childhood trauma, I just read that book, the, the body keeps the score. And, um, it talks about like you can, get, babies can have trauma if they don't nurse properly, if they don't bond with their mother, if they don't get to, you know, if they're pre- born premature and they don't. They can't sit on their mother's chest if there's something wrong with the mom. I mean, there's, I mean, parents cannot prevent their kid from going through trauma. I guess that's, that's, that's my, my reason for saying that is you can't prevent your child from having trauma from your parenting or something that happened while you were their parent. Impossible.
0: So, yeah. And, and, you know, I've heard that also about different, uh, like, uh, cesareans and things like that, Yeah. whatever it may be. So like, you know, you know, My natural reaction to first hearing stuff like that was rolling your eyes like, well, fuck. You know, you got to walk on eggshells. We're all just fucked up. Well, no. No. It's just with research, we are finding that there is more there than what we realize. So, yeah, okay, we've all got trauma and everybody's dinged up. That's, That's an expression that I've been using a lot lately. Like, hey, we're all dinged up.
1: We are. Every one of us.
0: But... It is all of our responsibility to figure out what caused it and how to fix it and how to mitigate the results or the effects of it, in my opinion. So if we're all dinged up, then...
1: We can either hang our hat on it or we can learn how to walk through it. We can, we can learn how to manage it, um, You know, work on it. Otherwise, you... You walk through life handicapped,
0: yeah and guarded, and um all your relationships suffer, and that's something that um four people I really respect all taught me in the last couple of years, last five years, you know it's all about relationships and and that's true, and that's stuff that I used to not think about, you know, I used to not care because there was no end game for me because I did not see myself getting this far and that You know, it sounds like a cliche, but really there was no, there was, there was no guidance counselor saying, Hey, you're going to do great things, or this is what you're going to do. It's just like, you know, I just kind of,
1: but it is, but life is all about relationships and no one is perfect. And so you have all these relationships with these perfectly imperfect people while you're imperfect. And that's what makes life beautiful.
0: And learning to appreciate that.
1: Right. And, and, and look, and just like, we, just like I look at you and I look at the good. Well, I mean, I want to take that same outlook for everybody in my life.
0: And that's, that's one thing that I, I do not do naturally. I look at the bad. Yeah. I find that one fucking thing that makes you not better than me. Sure. So I don't have to feel less than and insecure. And, and then I hang my hat on that with you. And that's, that's your, that's your identity with me. Um, you know, and I've really had to get away from that because I didn't realize that I was doing it. And then once I realized that I was doing it, when I would do it, it didn't make me feel good. It made me feel like I was tearing somebody else down. Yeah. And that's not the type of man that I want to be. I want to be someone that builds other people up because I mean, That's, that's, that's how you can live a whole life is being of service to others.
1: Right. Right. And then sometimes it's the one thing that you see about someone else and you're like, why are they like that? And then you realize when you go through it, then two years later, three years later, God has a way of humbling us like that.
0: Yeah. Or if you spot it, you got it. Yeah. I don't like that about that fucking guy. And then I realize I used to do that shit like 10 years ago.
1: That's why lying bothers me so much. You know? Because before I, you know, before I cleaned up my life, I lied about everything to myself and, you know, to people all the time. So it's hard to see dishonesty in other people. It grates me.
0: Yeah. Especially when we try to live a life of rigorous honesty.
1: We do now. We now, but I don't, I don't have that, you know, that I didn't always, I didn't always do it.
0: Sure. I, um, (laughs) I I had to quit using honesty as a weapon. Yeah. Let me tell you what your fucking problem is. Yeah. You know what I think. You want to know what I think? No. Mm -hmm. I'm going to tell you anyways. But, um, so it's just like you said, it's hard for me to see anything that's, and I don't realize it. Like I just assume a lot of times, like I give people the benefit, even though I, 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 and it's like my, um, in my nature to assume everybody's trying to fuck me
1: (laughs) it is yeah
0: like what is this fucking guy up to what's the angle here on the other side of that you know to be polarizing i also want to give everybody the benefit of the doubt so when i catch somebody lying about something that doesn't matter Mm. it it just it baffles me yeah why would you i don't understand what was the point of that But then I just have to realize that people are just flawed and we just got to love each other for who we are. That whole deal about, it's all about me loving you and you loving me.
1: If you take that philosophy and try very hard to, to apply that to your life, you're going to live a happier life.
0: I think so. I think so.
1: And you know, one of our guiding ideas or tenets of our relationship is that we are constantly improving. We are building a better life for ourselves.
0: You know, a lot of it is exterior stuff. You know, it, it looks like <clears throat> it's just fitness and aesthetics, but that's really just a part of it. No. It no. all kind of goes together.
1: Sure. I mean, that, that, that's only one small part because, I you know we talk a lot about um, ideas and mindset and beliefs and thoughts and words.
0: Mm. And squeezing every bit of performance we can out of ourselves. Oh yeah. Just, just by doing, um, just by doing all the crazy things that we do.
1: Sure. But it's
0: fun. I mean, it bonds us. It's something that we have in common because I didn't work out. And then when we started dating and you were going to the gym, I was like, I want to go.
1: Yeah. And then we, and then we started doing CrossFit we're all like, oh my god, this is the best thing in the world! Oh my gosh,
0: chugging the Kool Aid,
1: <laughs> chugging the Kool Aid, and and so yeah, and then we've always been really open minded to all the woo woo stuff. So,
0: but that was something that connects us, that's something we have yeah. in common. It's, um, it's a, it's a, a topic conversation for it's us, shared passion, yeah. So, I mean, that's something that's I would say, no matter what it looks like, you have to have that in a relationship. Cause if you're not into the, any of the same stuff,
1: if I just wanted to sit here and watch TV, and you wanted to work out, and then get in the sauna, and then get in the pool, and you know, when it's fifty degrees, and if you had to do all that by yourself, I mean, and I'm just like, oh, why didn't he come in and watch Netflix with me? <laughs> yeah, and be you know, but we we do these things together.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, um, you know, one of the one of the reasons that I've gotten so into um the woo woo and whatnot is um I just used woo woo and whatnot in the same <laughs> in the same sentence figure out a way to say that with bridges. <laughs> but um you know my my grandfather is uh is in the last chapter of his life. Yeah. With Alzheimer's my father had brain cancer and um my grandmother on the other side had um age-related dementia and died a horrible death alone not alone i mean my mom was with her you know my my mom took care of her ex-husband's mother because The ex-husband, my dad, wouldn't have anything to do with his mom. So it's interesting. So props to my mom. I mean, she took care of her for fucking 14 years.
1: Your mom's a good woman.
0: Yeah. And so I'm, I'm really kind of terrified of the possibility of brain disease. I already know that mental illness is rampant in the family. I've suffered from it, suffer from it. Um, and then with the issues I've had lately with cognition and fatigue and different things like that, it's um, that's why I've become so anal about what is going to fix it. Because I can't pray it away. And you have to find the, what's causing it, whether it's a bacteria or an issue or fucking whatever it may be toxic
1: mold or whatever it is.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, we've, it's really put a burden on us because, um, that, I mean, that's something that's been really hard for me for the past. I've struggled with it for the past 10 years because I started noticing it when I got sober and my body started kind of like leveling out, but I wasn't,
1: it's been especially bad the last five, but it's been up and down. Because certain things have helped, and then a short crash, and then it'll help again, and it's been a wave.
0: Yeah, so it's it's that's that's something that um, I really struggle with because I want to perform. Like I have so many things that I want to do during the day, that uh, running the business, running the house, fixing the things in the house, adding on to the house, um, learning new hobbies. Trying to be of service, trying to learn something, you know, running the podcast.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, you know, Andrea, t- you know, Andrea's a wise one. She talks about, you know, we're human beings, not human doings. And so there's a certain amount of time that we just have to be without doing.
0: Well, I get plenty of that when I'm.
1: Well, no, your, your body forces you to take it when you crash and burn. But you expect yourself to just go from the moment you your, your feet hit the floor in the morning till the moment you go to bed. You want to be constantly being productive. And babe, there's not any of us. Not a one of us can do that. So I think, you know, you're expecting a little too much from yourself. Nobody can be on all day. It's exhausting.
0: Yeah, it is.
1: But... You're really hard on yourself.
0: I am. But it's what... I mean, it's something that it keeps me um, moving.
1: Sure. And I'm not saying that that's the problem. But I'm saying that that's, that's part of it.
0: And I wasn't always like this. I mean, I didn't want to do... I wasn't about shit.
1: Yeah. But, you know taking taking an addiction out of your life has a way of, of 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 making room for a lot of other things and then you've got that that thought in your mind like I've got to make up for a lost time I just wasted the last ten years or twenty nine
0: yeah, no I get that I get that but the but you know and the point being is is that's why it's so important to me to figure out how to um How not end up like our dads?
1: Yeah. Oh, it's terrifying.
0: I mean, just the thought of that is like, fuck. I don't want to be humbled like that.
1: Mm. Seeing him at JPS last year. Oh.
0: And like my dad, as far as I know, he's still alive. I mean, I imagine I'd hear, I'd be contacted by somebody. My brother and I would. But you know, the only time I've seen him is when I ran into him at Home Depot. Yeah. And he works up there now, and, and um, I didn't realize he was working at that one. And I walked around a corner, and there he was. And he didn't even recognize me. I mean, I look a little different since the last time he saw me.
1: But still, how could your dad not recognize you? That's heartbreaking.
0: Uh, well, yeah.
1: It doesn't matter. So you're bigger. How does it bother not recognize his son? I could gain... A hundred pounds my mom should still recognize me
0: yeah i don't i don't yeah i don't know but i mean that he's also um you know he's got some good good qualities but he's 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 uh he's got a lot of um he's got a lot of struggles there's a lot of delusion and sickness a lot of untreated isms because he's just a dry drunk. He never got any recovery. He just sobered up out of spite. And, uh, so all that other, all those other things.
1: Yeah.
0: All the, He took away all of his social lubricant.
1: Right. You remove the addiction and you realize that you're just an asshole. That wasn't the problem. You're the problem.
0: Yeah. The, The addiction, whether it's alcohol or sex or porn or,
1: Food, cocaine. Just she, a symptom.
0: Yeah, it's a symptom of your shit. And we think we can just bounce from one to the other. And it's I mean, it's no different than I'm gonna quit I'm gonna quit drinking, so I'm just gonna smoke weed. Yeah, but you're gonna smoke a lot of weed.
1: Or I'm gonna quit smoking and just drink coffee and then you to have a lot of coffee.
0: Yeah. So just knowing that about myself. Yeah. But with him, you know, that's um I drove by his house the other day, and I catch myself doing that every once in a while, just to see. I don't know what I'm going to see. I know what the house looks like. I, I know what he looks like. You know, there's, there's, it's not like there's going to be anything miraculous or, or mind-blowing there. But if I'm driving down that road, which is rare, I know that I can take a left and a right, and I'll drive right past it and end up where I'm headed anyways. And there's just that, that fucking twelve-year-old in me that still wants to see him. And I've, I've, I see that in my relationships with men, um, with older men, with mentors or whoever it may be. You know, they fill that role. And um, a lot of times, it's not even, it's not even, it's it's all or typically it's subconscious or it's always subconscious because I never look at a guy. And I'm like, hey, you're gonna be my daddy. But it, but it, each each one of my friends that's older, that's a mentor. There's a piece of them that fills that father hunger, and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, a lot of times, it's kind of an unsaid understanding as part of the bond. You know, um, there's certain guys that I can go to for certain things that I would go to my dad. You know, I I wish, I I mean, fuck. I find myself driving and drifting off in thought and just saying them out loud, like, God damn, I really could have used you these last fucking 10 years. You know, there was a lot of shit I needed advice on. Um, But there was...
1: There was other people, though. You had it.
0: Yeah, but I had to go actively seek those people out. And life's about relationships. And that's why I tell guys... If you see somebody that you want as a mentor or as a friend, um, you have to chase out. You have to pursue them. Like, try to spend time with them. You know, like, hey, bring something to the relationship. You know, don't just show up and try to get free meals and free advice. But, like, find a way that you're bringing value to the relationship. And that relationship will grow uh, naturally after that. That's how it has been for me. Because I can think of several different guys that I've really tried to bring some sort of value to the relationship, whatever that is. Um, and, And those relationships have grown. And then now I have a handful of, you know, yeah, they're mentors, air quotes, but they're also my friends. Like some of my closest um um tightest friends and it's um it's a beautiful thing
1: it is it is and I can relate i've got i can think of four men that that i that I have like fatherly love for
0: so that that role gets filled, but if you walk around jaded with the inability to be intimate with someone. Whether it's you know um, on that personal friendship level or in a sexual personal relationship, whatever it may be, you know boyfriend, girlfriend, spouse, whatever, then you're going to miss the opportunities to continue to grow these relationships and and get deeper because it's all about that deeper connection. That's why I don't like talking about fucking football and the weather. I don't, I don't, I got nothing against anybody that does it. You know that's fine, but I'm not going to talk to you about it. I want to talk about like. Serious shit, you know, I mean, that's just, and that kind of puts a block up with a lot of people, but, um, what it's done is it's, it's, it's allowed me to navigate through to people of like-minded that are like-minded and that, that I mesh with, if that makes sense. So, I mean, it's, um, that's, that's something that's been super important to me and that I'm, I'm really grateful for. You know, like when Cowboy died, um, that's really, you know, I've said this before, and, and I don't know why it's affected me the way it did, you know, but that's um that was one of the first big losses I remember. And still to this day, I think about him and I want to call him. And um, I look at where I'm at in business and where you and I are in our relationship. And, um, like, today I was thinking about it because you know he was around early. And,
1: His nicknames.
0: Yeah, what, Marty Vixen Turner.
1: Marty Tur- MTV Marty Turner Vixen. Yeah, and um,
0: <laughs> and he.
1: You were young. Wait, wait. What do you call you young? Young blood.
0: blood. Young blood. Say young blood. Your your uh your thermostat's stuck. Man. You're running a little <laughs> hot.
1: Oh, I love him.
0: And. I didn't get to say goodbye to him.
1: Nobody did.
0: And it was just, um, you know, that was a loss. But there's parts of that relationship that I pull from almost daily. And, and I think about him. Um, I was thinking about him today, like I said, and thinking about where you and I are, our relationship, how today was the 10-year anniversary, how he would have seen that on Facebook and called me. Um, and that he would have been proud of us. Mm -hmm. I know that he would look at me now where I'm at and he would be proud of me. And that's a, that's a need that I had, that I have, that was something that I never felt. And so I, I feel that now, even though he's gone. And so those things are important because they build us up. And I just want to be able to be that for someone else. You know, that's, um, that's why I think it's so important to work with other men. That's why I think this is important.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah. Talking about your feelings, being vulnerable, being real, being honest.
0: is not something men are good at.
1: Well... I would say most people aren't good at it. Yeah. Because even though though women talk a lot more than y'all do, well, maybe not more than you.
0: Oh, so that's, okay. But. We're throwing rocks now. (laughs) There's not a rock. You were being so hateful. Stating facts. I can't even talk to you when you're like this.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But yet you will. It's fine. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I mean, but talking about real stuff, not just being like, oh my God, look at this new makeup or... And not that girls really talk about this, but your hair or, or you know, we, you know, my girlfriends, we talk about like superficial stuff, but we talk about real feeling, you know,
0: and you feel fulfilled after that.
1: Absolutely. If you are vulnerable with someone or if someone is vulnerable with you and you hear them and you accept them and you love them, and then you share your experience back with them, your soul is feel, filled. There's, there's no greater feeling. Or being really vulnerable with someone about, you know, you know, people, people have their perceptions of you and they're like, Oh, you don't have any struggles. Well, let me really, let me, let me shoot it straight to you.
0: Yeah. You want the list?
1: And you, this may look all shiny over here, but you want to, you know, I mean, I do that with people all the time.
0: Yeah. That's where the whole, uh, that's one of the things about the, it must be nice.
1: Right. Right. So, but intimacy into me, see into, yeah.
0: into me, you see.
1: Yeah. Into me, you see. Into me, I see. Yeah, letting somebody see you, like what's really inside of you.
0: And and it 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 cuts all the bullshit away. Right. It's like now you don't do that when you first meet someone. Like, yeah. No.
1: There needs to be a warm up period. It's a
0: little slow. (laughs) A little slow. I was real bad about that at the bars. I'd come out of the bathroom and I'd have a best friend because we talk about life and and do cocaine, but.
1: An amazing bonding tool.
0: Yeah. But, um, you know, anytime that I'm, I'm, I'm talking with another man and we're, we're getting in the weeds, like we're talking about real shit, you know, like, um, whatever it may be, whatever the comfort level is. Um, like just if even if it's like we're rapping about how to better show up for our wives or how to recover from something, or even when you're like, um, you're, you're just having a little brainstorm on how to fix a problem in one of the other's lives. There's a connection there. And you feel that connection long after that person and that conversation have, have gone on about their way. And I feel more fulfilled because of it. And I find that I, I yearn for that now, that I desire that.
1: That connection, that deep human connection with another person.
0: Yeah, and I don't want to have a surface. I, I just don't want to have superficial. I mean, and sometimes it's necessary. I get that. But um, I just that's something that um, when I do find that with other people, I fucking love it. Like it electrifies me. Mm-hmm. And I realize that's something that I've been missing. And that's why I desire it so much now. And, um, encourage people to do that because Mm -hmm. once you do it, once you live your life that way, once you get a taste of that, it's like, man, dude, there's just so much more that we can experience about this human condition, about this experience, this human, this journey when we're connected to one another, Mm -hmm. when it's me loving you and you loving me, wherever we're at. That's my opinion got anything else you want to talk about you just let me talk a lot
1: you do talk a lot it's my show <laughs> it is your show I
0: feel like a douchebag saying that <laughs> <laughs> the <this> shoe fits <laughs> if the toms fit <laughs> mess the slippers you got there there's nothing else you want to talk about
1: I can't think of anything
0: We'll circle back at another time.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, we we like okay. Let's let's do a little summary. Like, how do you be real in a relationship? We well, already t- already kind of did a mini summary. Being vulnerable, um, not not judging other people. The, those
0: those are those aren't light switches.
1: No, no, it, no, 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 no. no. It, yeah, no. This has taken years of it's like layers of the onion. Um, focusing on the good. Also, you know speaking good in the world not saying i'm just gonna get sick i mean just speaking positivity
0: yeah so okay so to summarize that is talking points or walking orders as cody loves to say like cody needs homework
1: okay here's your homework
0: so you you when you find yourself pissed off at somebody Mm -hmm. or a situation ask yourself what don't i know
1: right right and if you find yourself not appreciating your, your spouse or, le- or partner or whatever, and you're, you're, you're bothered by all the things they're not doing, make yourself focus on the one good thing that they're doing and focus on it, focus on it, um, and, and, and feel that joy chemical dumping into your brain, um, focus on the good.
0: Yeah. Focus on the good. Um, one thing I would add that we did not talk about if that doesn't work, imagine yourself at their funeral mm. and you are speaking about them from the podium,
1: yeah,
0: is it a podium up there? What is that? And during a funeral It'd be a podium podium is a podium it's a piece of furniture
1: pulpit pulpit if it's a church,
0: okay. Well, whatever denomination you associate The box. With. The box. The box. But think about, given that, that eulogy.
1: Mm. And, and no matter, and whatever silly little thing you're pissed off at will probably seem a lot less important.
0: Yeah. I've used that several times. Good. And I wasn't even pissed off. I was just thinking. You know, just drifting off as I was driving home. Thinking about us, thinking about you. And it's kind of morbid, but like, you know, God, well, uh, fuck, I, I just don't want to live yeah. without you. I don't want to be on this journey without you. I mean, it, it um, and I, I just find myself, the, the way I got to that is I found myself seeing the whole scene mm-hmm. and what I would say, mm-hmm. what I would say to your sister and your mom and your brothers and our friends and Lacey and fuck the whole thing. And man, you want to talk about, I was so ready to be home and see you. It's, it, and that's a little twisted, I guess, but I mean, whatever you got to do to get there. So <clears throat> you could do that. If you catch yourself thinking something negative about somebody, or speaking something negative. Like if you're assassinating their character. Nobody wants to hear that. Mm-mm. Nobody wants to be around that shit. I, I used to do that and I, I can't stand it now. Yeah.
1: Stop yourself and find one good thing to say about them.
0: Yeah. Like they got nice shoes.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: They have a good job. They're a nice dad. Mm-hmm. You know? Whatever it may be. And just, just put that positivity out there. But <clears throat> as far as relationships and One thing would be is make a list of people that you would want to have as mentors.
1: Right. And even couples mentors, you know, find somebody who's got the relationship you want. And when things go sideways or you're you're mad at your partner, talk to them. Look at your part.
0: Yeah. And that's the thing. Don't go like, don't find drinking buddies.
1: No, no, no. Find somebody who's going to shoot it to you real and not be like, ah, screw them. No, find someone who's going to help you see your part.
0: Yeah. Someone that'll will, will call you on your shit and be like, Okay, fine, she did that, but but what did you do? How did right. you react?
1: It doesn't matter what they did. It only matters what you did. Yeah.
0: And uh what else? One thing that we do that um I really think and I look forward to doing it again, but we haven't been able to do it. You know, obviously date night once a week.
1: Yes, yeah. And we got we we got a couple on the in the lineup.
0: And then we started Doing double dates
1: with couples that we admire that we don't know a lot. Yeah, some of them. Some of them are like our old favorites, but yeah, people that we don't know that well that we admire the way that they do life or the way they do laugh with each other. So yeah, that's been really well. What a, that's a beautiful way to end it.
0: That okay, I can take a hint.
1: Um, <laughs> I was just helping you wrap it up. I'm, wrap it up, be. <laughs> <laughs> I need that. What is it, the Emmy
0: music or the Academy Awards where they play the music to get you to shut the fuck up? Dave Chappelle. Yeah, wrap it up, B. Um, I love you. I love you. I'm so grateful for you.
1: You have, you have been this amazing gift in my life. I could not be more grateful.
0: Well then, why don't we go and wrap that gift? <laughs> 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 awkward not really um, happy 10 years
1: happy 10 years
0: alright well this has been Ryan and Marty thank you so much for listening um, thank you for uh, participating in this journey with us and we hope you made it through it um, you do not have to be perfect but you do have to be present we love those kids till the day we die because love runs downhill.